5: This is the Edge with Jonathan Von and Matt Eumanns on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: What's up, folks? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Edge. We got a good show on tap for you today. Coming up 30 minutes from now, the Head Honcho, the Big Cheese over at Red Rock Sportsbook. Chuck Esposito is going to join us, get his thoughts on the preseason up to this point. Disappointed because we wanted to get him on earlier in the week to make fun of him for the Chicago Bears, but he comes on after a Bears victory. Chicago looking pretty good yesterday. We'll talk to Chuck about mm-hmm. that coming up in 30 minutes from now. But it is a full slate of NFL preseason action, Matt. And um, where do you want to go? You want to start with some look-aheads, or do you want to go back to last
3: night? Well, I'm going to start with uh, what happened outside the studio right before the show oh, today. Oh, boy. We finally, you and I, got the chance to meet in person Will Hill, the v handicapper. Yes. He Who's here with his family. Host of the New York City cast. <clears throat> That's right. He does a great job on the New York City cast. He and I talked about the misery of the Yankees lately. Yep. And... Um, he kind of reminded me of uh, Clark Griswold because he's on a Vegas vacation and he's got a bunch of kids and his wife with him. I don't understand that reference at all. You've never seen the movie Vegas Vacation? No. Or Vacation? No. National Lampoon's Vacation? No. All right. Let's just uh, go to commercial break right now.
6: <laughs> Are these like, what year did these come out? <laughs> what year did these wow. come out? Let me
3: see this. What okay. year was this?
6: National <laughs> Lampoon. 1983. I mean, what do you want from me? Come on. It's a classic. It was seven years huh? before I was born. You've never heard of Clark Griswold? No. How about Wally World? That's oh. Walmart, isn't it? <laughs> no. No? Oh, man.
3: That's what this, we called Walmart back in the painful. day. That's painful. All right, let's go back to last night's Bears-Seahawks game. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I always remember <laughs> Cool Hand Luke. Clark said- Griswold, by the way, was a big Bears fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He wore a Bears t-shirt and a Bears hat. Uh, last night, he would have been proud of the Bears. Yes, he would have. And uh, I know you cashed a ticket on the Bears. They pummeled the Seahawks 27-11. Yeah. to 11. How about the drama with this game staying under the total? <laughs> Uh, Last night, total close 39, it opened 41. And um, uh, the Bears, I I, I think, came out to uh, make a point and uh, gain some confidence in their first-team offense, as you and I talked about the last couple days in the show. That's actually how it transpired last night, and the Seahawks had nothing. I don't know if after you watch last night's game, you say, some people will say, you know what, maybe the Bears are going to be better than we thought. And other people might say, Boy, those Seahawks are terrible. I can't wait to bet the Seahawks win total under.
6: Uh, I actually, I think it's a little bit more about the Seahawks than it was that it would be about Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, but before we move to the Seahawks perspective of things, I will say, you know, I, I wrote about this in, in the NFL Guide, which was uh, about the win total, right? You you have a win total in there about Chicago Bears under six and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, I piggybacked on that as well because we both have the same play. And in part of the part of my write-up, I put, you know, this is a team that is in contention for potentially having the worst record right. in the National Football League. And the market has moved quite a bit. And we're seeing bets like this pop up on Chicago. Uh, this is from DraftKings. Uh, Big A futures bet. I'm not allowed to say that word because I've said that quite a bit on the air. Well, oh, when DraftKings um,
3: sends out their tweets, that's yeah. like the label they use, Big A futures bet. And you can figure out what A means. Yeah,
6: you don't curse. So you wanted that bleeped out. I don't think too- we're allowed
3: to say that. I've said it a
6: bunch. Big butt futures bet. <laughs> a better. <laughs> uh, Our I okay. hope so because I've said it a couple of times. The better has put five thousand dollars on the Bears to have the fewest regular season wins. Um, here's the thing: uh, DraftKings tweeted this out at ten to one. It's been a while since that number's been ten to one. So I don't know when this bet came in, but still, I agree with the sentiment that uh, the Bears <laughs> are in contention for worst record in the National Football League, despite the so returns. So it's, of the it's F- five
3: thousand on the Bears to have the fewest wins in the NFL in the regular season at ten to one. Yeah, ten to one seems like a pretty good price because I think the Bears are in that. A group of five, let's put it that way, of the Mm -hmm. five worst teams in the NFL. If you look at them right now, Texans, Falcons, Jets, Bears, Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to throw the Jaguars and the Lions in there. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm not going to do that. I think those teams should show enough improvement that they're not going to be one of the uh, five worst. So the Bears... 8-1, 8-1, to You could gotten the, the Bears at MGM ten 10-1 was that number at DraftKings.
6: A month ago, you could have gotten the Bears at about 12 or 13-1 to 1 to have mm-hmm. the worst record in the yeah. NFL. So that's been a popular wager in the offseason. But no, I think, look, Fields went out there. I think it was a Cole Komet. He had a big pass play, too, on the first drive. Uh, they were a little bit lucky because there was actually a fourth down that they didn't convert. I think he fumbled, but there was a penalty that extended the drive for him. They got a field goal out of it, and then Fields didn't do anything after that. It was Trevor Simeon in the backups who did a lot of the damage uh, for Chicago. From yeah. Seattle's perspective, I actually think I'd be a little worried, Matt, because one of the things we talked about yesterday that is growing in sentiment is that Geno Smith is going to be the starting quarterback for Seattle. And that first-string offense was in there for a while Mm -hmm. from a preseason perspective and did nothing against Chicago. Looks
3: really bad. Okay, so I think the Seahawks actually have a couple decent components on offense. Mm -hmm. We talked about DJ Dallas running back, DK Metcalf, A a, a wide receiver. Uh, Gino Smith is not going to be the long-term answer. When I say long-term, I'm talking about two months. Yeah. Because I look at him as kind of a, a Jacoby Brissett type, where he might be okay if he fills in for a few games or for a month. But the more he plays, the more he's going to get exposed. And I think uh, the Seahawks are going to turn to Drew Locke because eventually you're going to have to – if you're rebuilding, you got to find out if the young guy can be your quarterback of the future. If not, you're wasting time at the quarterback position. So eventually they're going to have to play Drew Locke. I think – you said you're a little bit concerned about the, C- the Seahawks. I, w- I would assume that in the big picture, you're a lot concerned about the Seahawks because there's not much that looks good about this team on either side of the ball. And um, when, you're, when you're in a division like the NFC West, mm-hmm. how many games, and you look at the Seahawks' schedule, how many games can they realistically hope to win? I think six kind of looks like the ceiling. Yeah. With oh, those I, quarterbacks. I with and those quarterbacks? I
6: mean, come on. Well, and it's weird because so there's a couple things. One, I actually I, – I don't have concerns for the Seahawks because to have concerns, you would actually have to have a higher opinion of right. them prior. Uh, I did not really think that was the case for Seattle coming into this year. But I thought the Seahawks were interesting because there were a lot of people that I respect, including Steve McKinnon, who actually projected them to be better than the market was giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even look at the opening line uh, for that game against the Broncos in week one. That opened four and a half and now we're up to five and a half in some spots, but that's kind of the thought was like, Hey, you know, there's kind of some weird respect here for Seattle as we head into this year. I think that's kind of been dampened as the preseason has gone along. And as you see how this quarterback situation is going to go, but yeah, this is, this is going to get a lot worse than before it gets better for Seattle. The quarterback rotation is not great. And I, you said it like, you want to give the, the young guy a shot here to see what you have in Drew Locke. Maybe mm. you hit something that the Broncos didn't see. But at the same time, it's kind of troubling that two days ago, Pete Carroll saying stuff like Geno's still the number one guy holding on to the spot at this point. Locke's got to separate himself, and he hasn't.
3: If you're trying to look for bright spots, you look at the schedule. We yep. can throw it up there on the screen. Uh, the, uh, the positives, you have a home game against the Falcons. Uh, you got a home game against the Giants. You're at home against the Panthers. You're at home against the Jets. So, I mean, there are some spots on the schedule where the Seahawks probably going to win a few games. I doubt they're going to win more than six, and I think they're going to shuffle quarterbacks. (laughs) It's definitely a rebuild. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that that trade they made for Jamal Adams two years ago was so dumb, and I said it at the time. Why would you trade two first-round picks for a safety? (laughs) Yep. Uh, I agree. Uh, also, Pete Carroll,
6: we get it. Uh, I guess you're trying to do something. We don't need the timeouts at the end of the game.
3: What was that? Seriously, <laughs> in a preseason game back? with 30 seconds left, and you're and you're down 16 points, <laughs> and calling three timeouts. Come on, that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was. And uh, obviously, uh, Matt Eberflus on the uh, other side, of the Bears coach was annoyed. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? They showed Geno uh, Smith. Did you see even Gino Smith. Uh, what, he was, was rolling he? his eyes. He's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? I mean. That that was ridiculous. I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's if it's an eight point game, of course. Just to get the it's ball. It's a back sixteen and run point game in a preseason week two to run one uh, play for twelve yards, and then of course they, they were out. It by the way, that ridiculous. opener, uh, huh. Broncos at Seahawks, week one. Uh, I know Chris Bennett at Circus Sports said that uh, they had taken sharp money on on the Broncos, yeah. and that's why that uh, number. I think some sharp money in the market's why that number's gone up. Yep. All right. With that, we have quite a few games of the
6: preseason for today. In fact Uh, We've got three later today. Carolina's going to face New England. New Orleans will be in Green Bay. And Houston will take on Los Angeles. Uh, Any thoughts on any of these three games? I think the eyes immediately drawn to Carolina at New England, just given what we saw from the quarterbacks the first time around for the Carolina Panthers in their game against the Washington Commanders and the fact that New England has – the reports have yet to get super positive coming out of camp about this offense.
3: Well, we've seen a major line move in this game. First it was uh, Patriots 1, then moved to Panthers 2. And uh, right now we're looking at uh, Patriots four.
6: Is that real? Did I miss that? Wow, you're right. I'm, now we're we got, got Patriots
3: six? six. Now we got Patriots six. Uh, so you're right. Yeah, it's flashing right now. Some spots are six and a half. That's the thing that kind of caught me by surprise here, because uh, there are reports that Baker Mayfield's going to be named the starting quarterback for the Panthers, and that uh, he's probably not going to play in this game. But you've got Sam Darnold, Matt Corral. Uh, P.J. Walker, I still think with those quarterbacks, it surprises me that the Panthers are underdogs of uh, six points in a game like this. And I I really thought the Patriots and Bill Belichick would use next week, week three, when they come out and have the joint practices with the Raiders in Vegas. I thought that would be their dress rehearsal type of game. So a lot of sharp money on the Patriots to drive this number up. The Panthers actually, I think at one point, reached minus two. Now they're plus six. Yeah, I might, be a, I might be a Panthers
6: fan tonight. That, that's
3: So we get the reports, and thanks,
6: Stephen, for, for the update. You're looking around. Yeah, there's been reports. Patriots are expected to play their starters, yeah. whatever that means. Panthers, and this is for Mike Reese, uh, Panthers primarily play their second or third units, according to Matt Rule. Uh, but I, I love this all the time when we get to the preseason, right? These extreme line moves because, hey, starters are going to play. And yeah, what does that mean? Like, Mac Jones is going to be out there for how long? What's the play is going to look like? Are they just getting them out there to get their bodies warm, and then are going to pull them after, what, two drives or something like
3: that? Well, the thing, actually, and the thing I like most about the Patriots in the preseason is uh, uh, the third-string quarterback, Bailey Zappi, yeah. from Western Kentucky. He was going to light up that Giants defense if they didn't blitz him ten times. We're super well-coordinated offense as well yeah. by... Joe so, I, I mean, I can understand a little bit of line blind move. Six points seems uh, a yeah. little bit too dramatic. I, I thought Patriots moving to two and a half or three was what I would expect when I saw it move to four and then to six today. I was really surprised by that. Uh, I think the other game to talk about is Texans-Rams uh, tonight. Right now, Texans two and a half point favorite on the road. I know there's been some sharp money on the Houston side here. It's obvious that Sean McVay and the Rams are not going to play. Uh, They're starters and uh, that's going to hold true for the entire preseason. Mm. What's up? I'm just saying, you know, market tried to do that against the Chargers, and look what happened. Bryce Perkins yep. lit him Let up him in the victory. second half. That's right. uh, backup quarterback out of Virginia for the Rams. <laughs> All, All right. right, what do you got? What do we got next? College football top 40.
6: Ed's top 40 continues to roll on. We're in the SEC for our next team that's going to be unveiled. We also have news to discuss in college football as the Longhorns have named a starting quarterback that's coming up next.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is The Edge on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Okay, I don't know who's aware of this, but the v College Football Guide is out now. Wow. It's been out for a while. It's a big hit, and uh, we're selling copies by the thousands. Get your digital copy now. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Also, our NFL Guide drops next week. I think all the copies in now. We just have to get the pages cranked out, and uh, it will be in your inbox within days. Our experts provide profiles of every team with uh, trends, power ratings, best bets on season win totals, Super Bowl future recommendations and a lot more. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a vcent V-CEN all-access subscriber. It's a pretty good deal. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get all-access to everything we do now all the way through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. v slash subscribe.
6: You know what that includes? In a little less than two months, Matt Eubenson. The NBA, NBA guy, <laughs> yeah. which
3: uh, JVT's been working on already. I, you know what? I don't want to think much about the NBA season. What? Right why not? I'm trying to prep for week one of college football. You know, what I, I got to tell you, I really don't care about the association. Can right I say yet. something really quickly? And uh, LeBron James and his 50 million a year contract. Oh, good and for him. Yeah. Are the Lakers going to trade for Kyrie Irving? Yeah. 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 yeah.
6: Um Can I just say really quickly? <laughs> Where's
3: Kevin Durant going
6: to go? That I was. I mean, I'm tired to talk about that. <laughs> uh, I was very much in the camp of bro, don't talk to me about the NBA. But then the schedule got released and we got no, lines up excited. for games and I'm right, kind excited. of like, mm, all right. Maybe
3: I'm a little. How about Christmas Day? How great's that going to be for sports betters?
6: Knicks are involved.
3: You've got three NFL games and four NBA games. I think. Oh,
6: I can't wait to tell my family to leave me alone. It's going to be absolutely (laughs) fantastic. I told you. Well, you made fun of me. I said Christmas was the best day in sports. It's getting there now for you, isn't it? NBA. You said that
3: when it was only NBA. That's right. Well,
6: that wasn't true in that case. All right. All right. Really quickly, before we get to uh, our Ed's preseason top 40, because we're going to get to the SEC, I think you can kind of guess where we're at. We're at their sixteen, so we'll tell you who it is momentarily. Uh, But we do have news coming out of the state of Texas. The Longhorns have decided on a quarterback, Matt, and shocking Mm. everybody. Yeah. Quinn Ewers has been named Shocking starting no, quarterback. But, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the minus six thousand favorite to be the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns has been named the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns.
3: Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers has uh, been on the Texas uh, radar for a long time. I, I think as a sophomore at Carroll High School in Southlake, Texas, he had forty-five TD passes and three picks, and he, he's a five-star prospect. Committed to Texas, backed out. Yep, went to Ohio State. Had a, I think he was the first college quarterback to sign an NIL deal. He had a $1 million NIL man. deal with the Buckeyes. Didn't play. Still uh, got that money, though, baby. Transfer- he got the money. <laughs> transfers back to Texas and uh, beats out Hudson Card for the starting quarterback job. A surprise to nobody that Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback for the Longhorns did in the uh, year some two of, of the Steve Sarkisian era. Did you see some of the Texas
6: fans and their theories about what the Longhorns should have done at quarterback? Essentially, offer Hudson Card up as a sacrifice for the first two games until they play Alabama, and then start Quinn Ewers because you don't want to damage him too. Okay, come on, <laughs>
3: that's,
6: that's how I would run my football program. That's that's
3: a loser's mentality. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. All right, with that, I think Paul Stone's going to be excited. Oh yeah, right, Texas Paul Stone, Big Texas horn, is Longhorns back fan, gr- Texas graduate. Texas is not back, but. If Texas actually beats Alabama, maybe you could say that.
6: Well, Texas might be back if the Aggies have their way. How about that? What a transition. Our sixth-ranked team. Speaking in the of Edge a team that beat Alabama last year. Yep. the With the the great video of the uh, the kicker's girlfriend. Come on, baby. You can do it. Uh, Texas <laughs> A&M checks in as our sixth-ranked team in the Edge preseason top 40. A team that I think a lot of people view as a dark horse to make it to the college football playoff, depending on if things go right for the Aggies. Bring back a lot of starting personnel uh, to this squad. Jimbo Fisher gets six guys back on offense, five on defense, but a lot of good uh, talent in terms of recruiting, too. But Max Johnson is going to be the center of everything at quarterback. A schedule that is somewhat manageable and coming off of an eight-win year, there are many people who would point to Texas A&M if it was going to be a team not named Georgia, outside of Alabama, to make it out of the SEC. A lot of people think it might be Texas A&M.
3: Oh, it's possible. Uh, Max Johnson put up really good numbers at LSU. I think he's the type of quarterback that uh, can uh, make A&M a legit top five team. It's not going to be easy, obviously. Uh, when you look at the and you've got to go on the road to play uh, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Auburn. You know, the Aggies were 18-point home underdogs in that game to Bama yeah. last year. Off back-to-back losses to, I think, Arkansas and Mississippi State. And that's what surprised so many people about Jimbo Fisher's ability to pull off the upset in that game as the Texas A&M had dropped two in a row, was catching 18 at home, and pulled off the upset, I think, 41-38. to Uh, That was the score Mm -hmm. in the college station last year. Uh, So Max Johnson stepping in at quarterback, I think, is going to be a huge plus. Also, you like the way the schedule opens up. Before you get to Bama, uh, you got Sam Houston, State, yeah. Appalachian State. That September seventeenth game against Miami is going to be a good one. I know that Sean King at VCU likes the Hurricanes as a sleeper team to possibly win the ACC and get to the College Football Playoff. I, I would have to think a and wins that game against the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. and uh, September twenty fourth, another home game. You got four consecutive home games. Arkansas uh, comes in. And then after that, the schedule gets a lot tougher with uh, road Good. games against Mississippi State, Alabama, and South Carolina. You got four in a row at home and then three in a row on the road, how's that for scheduling?
6: Or for the next six, if you want to look at it that way too, right? Yeah. Because uh, you got on the tail end of that a road game against Auburn. No, it's a tricky schedule. That's that's the one thing that leaves me with like some pause in selecting this team to be like that dark horse, sexy candidate to potentially be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. It, it's that stretch when you're talking about Miami and Arkansas. I don't think
3: it's going to happen. for it, A&M, Right? Like yeah.
6: on consecutive. Like there's so many opportunities to slip up and coin flip spots or worse for you. And the Aggies are going to slip out.
3: Let's put it this way. Even if uh, they pulled off the upset of Bama on October 8th, how much of a a tricky spot would that be when they go to South Carolina off a bye two weeks later? Mm -hmm. They got Ole Miss at home. Ole Miss might be the second, third best, I'd say maybe the third best team in the SEC. A lot of people are sleeping on that team. You still got Florida, Auburn, LSU. Come on. A- A&M's not going to be a playoff team. No, I
6: would agree with that. And, I mean, look, I would even circle October 1st at Mississippi State, right? Yeah. You come off of consecutive games against no Miami and Arkansas, yeah. and then you have uh, Alabama on the other side. it go on
3: the road to Mississippi State, a team that's got a bunch of returning production. Same thing you and I talked about yesterday yep. with Michigan. Wolverines have four consecutive home games, and actually they're four cupcake games. A&M's got a little tougher home schedule here. Uh, but you play four in a row at home, and then all of a sudden you hit the road on October 1st, and you got to play an opponent that's more than capable of knocking you off, just like Michigan's got to go to Iowa. Uh, so I think a and going to lose a few games. I will say Jimbo Fisher bounced back. Uh, he was losing four or five games every mm-hmm. year. The past two years, 17 and five straight up. So I think he's uh, definitely got this program headed in the right direction. The NIL stuff's going to help. He and uh, Nick Saban can uh, – Accuse each other of cheating all they want, but now there's no more cheating. So I'll we'll
6: ask you this: I'll all the cheating is
3: above board. You can That's right. Smile. Yeah.
6: They just throw out the money. Did you? By the way, did you see the NCAA's like letter the other day? They no. sent out to schools and programs like, "Can you guys help us? If if there's a violation, tell us. Let oh, us know." It's not gonna <laughs> You're joking, right? No, it was like it was obviously much more legal and more professional sounding than "Please tell us." But oh yeah, they were asking for help. They were asking for snitches.
3: I think what you talked about <clears throat> with uh, the schedule. It's reflected in the win total, too. It's eight and a half. Um, Eight and a half for a team that we have ranked number six is kind of a low number. And I I think it's also a coin flip whether A&M is an eight or nine win team. And I would actually lean under if you – if you said I had to bet this win total, I'd play A&M under 8.5 a half at plus 130.
6: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of tricky spots for this yeah. A&M team. And, you know, don't even sleep. And we didn't mention it too much, but after you get to beat up on the powerhouse that is UMass, um, that game against LSU at home is not going to be uh, an easy one by the time you get to the end of the year. Because we know, too, I mean Brian Kelly's teams tend to get a little bit better, and I think he's going to have them pretty coached up by the time they get to the end of the year. So I would tend to agree. I'm very intrigued. And you know the other part, Jimbo Fisher, when I watch them offensively, they just lack explosiveness sometimes. It's a very simplistic looking offense. The talent's there at times, but mm-hmm. it's never really what you expect when you look at like returning production and the level of player that he has. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: I've always felt like he's a coach who kind of underachieves. Yep. Despite all the money that he gets. I was actually betting against AM early last season uh, when the Aggies played Arkansas. Remember that? That was yeah. that was one team last year I, I really felt like I nailed in the SEC. We we're always trying to get ahead of the curve on teams. This team's going to be a lot better than people think. Arkansas, for me, was that team in the SEC last year. This year, that team for me is Ole Miss. And I I don't think Ole Miss is a sleeper, but a lot of people have lower expectations because Matt Corral's gone. You've only got five starters back on offense. I think Ole Miss is going to be a lot better than people think, just like Arkansas was last year. What's the line at Tuscaloosa? What's that?
6: uh, Texas A&M and
3: A&M's catching at least 17, might be (laughs) 17 and a half.
6: Dark horse in the SEC, though, right?
3: No, a and not, not going to win. the. Not gonna win. It's, it's going to be Alabama. And uh, Bama might slip up in one spot somewhere Maybe. along the way. They're, it's they're not going to be at home. Right. After what happened between Saban and Fisher and what happened last year, year? Yep. it's not going to be against a and I would love to see it. It might though. be on the road somewhere in the SEC that the tide get up. So, Alabama at worst is going to be 11-1. Nick
6: Saban. To see what he would do after losing consecutive games to Texas, he's A-day. not going
3: to lose to Jimbo Fisher. This I would, uh,
6: I'd pay to see the reaction though. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty, we have plenty left to get to. Chuck Esposito joins us on the other side. Watch a replay of this Bears victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Get his thoughts on his Bears and a little bit more when he joins us next.
5: This is the Edge. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Welcome back. It's the Edge here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. And this segment is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches—the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change. Knew it. But I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zen understands there's one right time. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's going to be there for you. If you're thinking about making that change, you want to learn more, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com, dot com. Warning, the product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Now, before we go out to Chuck us, I am mm-hmm. told there is breaking news. I don't know if it's in the world of sport or NFL. what.
3: Okay. Breaking news out of the NFL. I think this is going to shock some people. I about fell off my chair when I saw it. On the heels of last night's slaughter in Seattle, the Chicago Bears are now 5-1 to one favorites to win the Super Bowl at Station Casino Sportsbooks <laughs> in Vegas. All right. Well, let's bring in the
6: man who was uh, in behind that move, Chuck Esposito. Any truth to the rumors uh, that the Bears are now the favorite to win the Super Bowl after last night? Maybe 5,000-1, to
5: one, but not 5-1. to one. <laughs> uh, no, no truth, boys. No truth. Come on, you got a little
6: excited after last night, right? Uh, come on, Justin Fields, big pass to Komet, went right downfield, got a field goal. You're feeling it.
5: I, I'm actually not, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't get what all the the positive chatter was. If it's me, he's playing three quarters last night. Um, you know, you've got a makeshift offensive line, arguably the worst line in football. Uh, you've got to get this guy more work. Uh, I, I think that offense is really going to struggle. And for me, I think Atlanta, Seattle, and Chicago, you might be looking at three of the worst offenses in football.
3: Yeah, DraftKings took a big bet on the Bears to have the fewest wins in the NFL this season, Chuck. I I said, I think they're in that group of five, that discussion for uh, the five teams that are the worst in the NFL last night, despite what happened. I think the Seahawks are in that uh, group of five as well. Uh, Do you agree with that? How bad do you think the Bears are going to be? And have you been seeing a lot of win total action on the Bears under six?
5: We have, Matt. They're one of probably three or four teams that we've seen a considerable amount of underplay. And, yeah, I mean, you watched the game last night. I've watched both preseason games. I'm still a fan. But, you know, that offense still is shaky at best. I mean, their best player is probably Roquan Smith, and he's not on the field right now. And, you know, who knows if they're ultimately going to sign him or not. I think it 's going to be a long off season. I mean, they showed the graphic last night how much they have in cap room this year, but next year it 's projected to be one hundred and twenty five million the most in the league this this you know the, the management team here of poles and Everflus, they didn 't draft um, Justin Fields, so I mean they 're not married to him. Uh, I think Fields has some talent. But if he doesn't have a good crew around him, um, it's going to be a long year. And who's to say, you know, if they're at the top of the draft board next year, uh, they're not looking at maybe uh, an Alabama or an Ohio State quarterback, um, you know, to, to draft early next year.
3: Yeah, I think there's no doubt this is a rebuilding year for the Bears, and their, their cap situation is going to be so much better uh, next year. Uh, what about the Seahawks, Chuck? When you watched Pete Carroll and the Seahawks last night, it was kind of hopeless for that team.
5: It does, Matt. But I think when you look at their skill position players, when you look at at um, you know having Lockett and Metcalf and, and Penny and Walker when mm-hmm. he's back, I mean you've got some decent skill position players. Um, uh, but the quarterback play to me was atrocious last night for them. Um, you know, I was hoping to see Drew Locke. Um, I still think he should probably be their starting quarterback. It kind of puzzles me that they're not first in line for Jimmy G at this point, because I think if you had a quarterback like Garoppolo or they had a quarterback that I think could move that offense, you still would see some points on the board, and I wouldn't put them in that maybe bottom five of the league. But with their current quarterback play, I think I would couple them with Chicago and a few other teams.
3: All right, the Bears win last night, 27-11 at Seattle. And uh, I didn't even mention JVT when I was Mm -hmm. talking about the Seahawks and their skill position, guys. Rashad Penny, that's the one positive. The Seahawks do have a few guys around their quarterback who can make plays. The Bears really don't have that.
6: Uh, Leader in the – Yards after contact per carry, Rashad Penny mm-hmm. from last season. Chuck Esposito with us, racing sportsbook director over at Red Rock Casino. Chuck, really quickly, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, <clears throat> we were talking about this off the arrow. Michael Lombardi uh, been out there. I think he was on TMZ Sports talking about Cleveland and uh, thinks they, they should go get Jimmy Garoppolo. How much does he move the needle for a team like Cleveland with their current quarterback situation?
5: I think he moves it a lot. Jvt, we've kind of talked about it for weeks now thinking that why isn't he on their radar? I I don't think they go into the season with with just Jacoby Brissett. Um, It's a Super Bowl-caliber team. You look at that offensive line, um, the the, the two guys they have at running back. You pick up Cooper in the offseason as well at wideout. We know you've got a good defense there. They've got all the ingredients to be one of the top teams in the AFC, if not all of football but I think they need to they need to find a quarterback. Um, Jacoby Brissett's been a a good backup quarterback his entire career. Um, but to me, they should have been first in line, or they should be first in line for Jimmy G. And I think if they did go out and make that move, I think you would see it move the needle. Their win total is eight. Their Super Bowl odds with the with the um, uh, suspension extended went from sixteen, I think, to thirty or thirty five. So, I think they need that quarterback pretty
6: badly. A quick correction, by the way, Matt. Uh, Josh Rosen is on the quarterback depth chart for the Cleveland
3: Browns. Yes. The Rosen one. So, it's not nobody.
5: I think he's third right now in their depth
3: <laughs> chart. It's not nobody <laughs> but behind number one Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so, Deshaun Watson yeah. gets 11 games. Jacoby Brissett, I think, uh, could be okay starting for the first month or so. The Browns open up against the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, and Falcons. So it's not a terribly tough uh, first four games of the schedule. So, Chuck, if uh, the Browns went out and signed Jimmy Garoppolo next week, what do you adjust that win total to? You're at eight right now. Do you bump it up to nine, or what is it?
5: I think you do, Matt. I I think that Jimmy G would be worth at least one win. Um, In my opinion, and I think you look at that schedule and I was thinking the same thing that first, you know, month of the season isn't horrific. I mean, we we talked about it when we thought Watson's suspension was only going to be six weeks that they easily could come out of that first six, three and three or four and two. But after that's when it starts to get tough. Um, I'd have no problem bumping it up a full game if they went out and signed Jimmy G. Or traded for him, I should say.
6: All right, let's move on to tonight then, Chuck. We have three games this evening. Let's focus on uh, one that we've seen the most um, erratic movement here. The New England Patriots up to a a six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 39. Uh, It seems that behind this move is the fact that the Panthers are running twos and threes and the Patriots are going to play their starters. But we were talking about this earlier. I want to get your thoughts. Why in a preseason where starters will play that first quarter, two series max, uh, do they have this much value in swinging it this much to nearly a touchdown?
5: I'm not sure. I, I'm a little bit puzzled of why Carolina's not playing Darnold or Mayfield in this game and it's PJ Walker. Um I think it's just, you know, the Patriots haven't looked great in the preseason. I still think there's a, a lot of question marks. You're hearing, you know, not a not a not a clear kind of um picture for their offense or direction for their offense with Matt Patricia now. Um, so I, I think you want to see their first run a little bit more. And this might be kind of their dress rehearsal for week one. But if I'm, a, if I'm with the Panthers right now, I want to get Baker Mayfield a little bit more work. And I sure want to see you know teams that are going to have maybe have a quarterback question mark um, show off to Arnold a little bit more, too. So I'm a little bit puzzled to why it's P.J. Walker tonight getting the start.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Chuck. Uh, this is a night... JVT, this and Chuck, this is the night where Matt Patricia shows everybody that he can be an elite offensive coordinator.
6: I'll believe
3: it when I say it. Yeah, I, not- I
5: think <laughs> I read a stat that he's actually going to switch ears <laughs> with the pencil, and that's the key.
3: I, it's, it's still hard for me to believe that he's calling the plays for that Patriots yeah. offense. Chuck, any movement in the uh, games tonight? Saints, Packers, and Texans, Rams.
5: Not really that on, the, on those two games, guys. There's been some for Saturday. Uh, Definitely seen that Lions-Colts game tick up a little bit. And kind of what we talked about for Panthers-Patriots, it's all information. I mean, we're in an information era now. We're getting stuff in real time. and It's not just us and and you guys, of course. I mean, our guests are getting it as well. And you're seeing a lot more dramatic movement. There's no more real key number in preseason. We're bypassing key numbers. You're moving a lot faster. You see a lot of volatility on the totals as well. uh, But a lot of movement so far in Week 2 across the board. Week 1, of course, you had four team of the 17 games go go over. Um, this week, some of these totals were inflated, and most of the sharp action has come on the under, including last night, which cashed.
6: Yeah, for the Colts, too, by the way. We get we do know what their quarterback rotation is going to be. Um, Sam Ellinger is going to play a quarter to a quarter and a half after Nick Foles plays a quarter, Jack Cohn's going to finish the game.
3: And that's not a bad rotation for the Colts. The Lions are up no. to uh, three-point favorites in that game in Indianapolis. Otherwise, the Colts are playing a lot of backups yep. uh, tonight, so not many first-team guys out there. Chuck, uh, I did want to ask you about one more game. How about the uh, Raiders and the Dolphins? Raiders opened as two-point favorites on the road. This is Saturday afternoon, and uh, I know for, I know to open the preseason, the books have been losers here in Vegas on the Raiders, right? They're 2-0 and straight up and against the spread, and you told me those have been uh, pretty high-handled games in relation to the preseason.
5: They have, Matt. I was hoping you were going to skip the Raiders, but uh... – Uh, Yeah, that was our biggest decision on Sunday, including Red Sox-Yankees Sunday night, an isolated game. And I think that's kind of magnified it somewhat is. Both Raider preseason games were isolated games. The Thursday Hall of Fame game was by itself. Mm -hmm. The Sunday game was by itself, their home opener. Um, And in both cases, the largest handle of any sporting event that we had on that particular day. So the betters have backed the Raiders. they backed them again in this game. And, you know, I I think it's kind of an indication of things to come, that if the Raiders are good, we're going to even see bigger decisions industry-wide across the board on the Raiders. Uh, We'll know, I think, early on, though, guys, Three of their first five games, or 50% of their divisional games, occur in the first five weeks. All right, Chuck
3: Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook Director. Thanks a lot, Chuck.
2: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think need
5: it? Ain't
4: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is The Edge on VCN, the sports betting network.
6: Wrapping it up here on The Edge. Reminder for all of you, though, that pocket cash with popular picks is the thing. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply.
3: See DraftKings.com for details. I'm a Levi's guy. Let's get to golf. I'm going (laughs) to tell you about a player who... Open this season being considered elite and uh, a lot of people thought he was going to win a major. he won a major last year and I think um, he's more proof that a wife and kids can ruin a player. okay How about John Rom? can't be John Rom's been mi- busy making babies get his wife get his kid. Uh, he is stunk. This year, and John Rahm here in the BMW Championship this week was uh, the second favorite. Actually, at at Circus Sports, he closed as the favorite nine to one, and right now he's tied for 50th at one over par in this tournament. It continues, I think, a very disappointing year for John Rahm, who's been sidetracked by his young family. I mean, I
6: guess in the uh, when it comes to expectation, maybe. But I mean, he's got 11 top 25, seven top 10s. He won the Mexi- what, uh, Mexico, didn't that he? That was a watered down field. There was no, oh, it. you're not going to give him any credit. Huh? Oh, I bet on him in that oh, tournament. Oh, I
3: see. That's why. That okay, was a weak okay. field. Yeah. It was a weak
6: field. Yeah. John Rom, 14 to 1. I feel like there's some personal How'd issues. How are
3: you doing in the majors here. this
6: year,
3: JVT? How do you do? That's so unfair. <laughs> you could say that with so many golfers. <laughs> he won one tournament, a watered down field in Mexico. I've got two kids. You're not a professional golfer. Okay, my hosting game has go, never been the on. same since. Huh? The last time I saw you on the course, you were hitting light poles off the tee.
6: Right, but you haven't seen huh? me. You haven't seen me. Last time out, oh my gosh, <laughs> telling you what, the game has. You no, know, Tony
3: Finau's a family man too. He's been hot lately. There you go. Uh, not this week though. No. He's he's one of the <laughs> he's contending for last place in this tournament. So my top two guys stink this week. John Rahm, Tony Finau. My other two guys right there in contention. Colin Morikawa, four under. Uh, which is six strokes back of uh, Adam Scott. What's well, getting into Adam Scott this week? He's 10 under par right now through 15 holes in the second round. Cameron Young, tied for second. Hopefully, we can have a first time winner on the PGA Tour in back to back weeks. Last week, it was Willie Z. This week, hopefully, Cameron Young, who I've uh, got at 30 to 1 or 28 to 1. All right. NFL
6: preseason, mm-hmm. the two games today, you, you didn't bet anything in either New Orleans, Green Bay, or Houston, L.A., right? And while we're on the air, I should note that uh, this Green Bay line is moving from two and a half to three pretty much every spot. The lone two and a half is still out there. at circa, mm-hmm. but it looks like this is going to three uh, before we get to kickoff later tonight.
3: I did not see enough from Jordan Love last week to make me want about the Packers in this yeah. game uh he threw a couple t- td passes but he also threw three interceptions he did not look very good i think the you know the saints and the packers have practiced together all week and Jameis mm-hmm. winston uh not going to play i don't know how much andy dalton is going to play in that game this game and that's why i didn't bet it uh but that was a pass for me the panthers patriots game i passed it really seems like a dramatic line movement here to uh, patriots minus 6 at this point A little I'm too my, dramatic in might my might even mind. consider the panthers yeah Uh, Plus the points uh, with PJ Walker, and uh, I guess Matt Corral is going to play in this game, right? Uh, I mean, I would assume it's it's your twos
6: and your threes, and and we know that you're not going to see the top two guys. So I would assume that you're going to get Matt Corral for
3: the second half. It's it's I guess confusing to me. Why would Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold not play in this game? I mean, I at all I would say this.
6: I would understand it more. If, like, we knew Baker Mayfield, and I think he's going to be the starting quarterback. He's going to be the
3: starting quarterback. There reports out there that he's won the job.
6: Right, But and in, in that they're expected to announce it at some point, even though we haven't had the official announcement. But my thing is, your actions say otherwise, right? Like, you're reportedly still splitting time between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had established Baker as a starter, I kind of get not allowing him to play and then maybe putting Darnold out there.
3: Why wouldn't Darnold start?
6: Yeah. I I agree. Like I don't know the, the actions have been a little weird with Matt Rule when it comes to the quarterback situation.
3: Matt Rule's done a lot of strange things in a short time as yeah. coach of the Panthers, and uh...
6: his actions reek of a man who feels like, and I think too, he's got a pretty decent roster that he's desperate to find a quarterback to hit so that he can maybe maximize what he's got going on with Carolina. I like their roster, both has Both sides. There's a lot of good pieces, but it's a little weird with the decision making at quarterback. By the way, I was going back and looking. Mm-hmm. Um, At some of the numbers from the uh, Green Bay game, to your point about Jordan Love, yeah, not great. (laughs) Not great at all. 13 to 42, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Passer grade, not very fantastic. Turnover worthy play was pretty poor for Jordan. He's a good
3: athlete. You know, he's got a good throwing motion. He can get outside the pocket and run. He looks the part. He just doesn't play the part often enough. And I think it's uh, disappointing to see his lack of development at this point. The Packers wasted a pick, essentially traded up in the first round. You got a team that's Super Bowl worthy. You could draft a starter. You could draft guys who are difference makers. Mm -hmm. Instead, you trade up into the first round to take a backup quarterback who does not help your team at all. That's a big mistake uh, by the Packers. That's a blunder. Unless it motivated Aaron Rodgers to be uh, that much better the past couple years, and some people can make that argument. Anyway. Saturday? uh, I watched the – I turned on my film projector, JVT. I was in the film room, and I watched the uh, Packers-Niners game. Some some positives for Trey Lance. Not many I can find with Jordan Love. No. And then when you're talking about young quarterbacks, also played the Chargers minus three over the Cowboys. I was saying the Cowboys are a fade until they prove otherwise. 17 penalties in the first game. Mike McCarthy has failed to cover five straight preseason games. And CD Lamb has got a little injury. He's not going to be playing in this game for Dallas.
6: All right. Saturday, there's quite a few games uh, that have some intrigue. I wanted to go to you mentioned it with Chuck. Uh, The Raiders are going to play the Dolphins. And. it does seem that we might get a little bit of starter-on-starter starter action, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rumblings are getting stronger that we're going to see some key role players for the Las Vegas Raiders in this game. Same could be said of the Miami Dolphins. This number's gone from Raiders minus two on the road in some spots to Raiders minus one. Uh, but they're going to be a popular preseason selection, especially out here. And the fact that it seems that Josh McDaniels does want to win some of these games.
3: Yeah, Josh McDaniel against Mike McDaniel. Yes. McDaniels against McDaniel. And uh, both are new coaches this year. Josh McDaniels got two wins in the preseason. I think he's accomplished most of what he wanted to see in the preseason up to this point. Especially with his backup quarterback, Jared Stidham. I don't think the Raiders are going to play Derek Carr and Devontae Adams in this game. Have we got that confirmed?
6: No, nothing uh, confirmed. I, there was a uh, there was a great exchange with Josh McDaniels uh, when he was asked, "Are you going to play the key guys?" And his response was, "Well, they're all key. They're they? all
3: key guys. Every guy's important." <laughs> That's what I would say too. <laughs> That's
6: why I told the person to asked the question: you can't put the word "key" in there. That. You got to no. say, "Hey, are the starters
3: playing? Yes or no." Is that give Adam, them Hill? No, it was Adam oh, okay. Hill? No, it's not
6: out. You
3: yeah, got no wiggle room in the question. You have to you have to word your questions properly. Yep. Don't, don't leave Especially the subject a, an a pro easy like out. that. A yep. Belichick disciple. No, oh, he's going to find ways to get out of well, questions easily. I think Tua's going to see some time in this game, and I wouldn't yep. be surprised if Tyreek Hill too. So I think Mike McDaniel's going to play this game to uh, give his first-string offense a shot here. I played the Dolphins plus two over the Raiders, and I thought that was the right angle. I really believe the Raiders, when they practice in Vegas against the Chargers next week, are going to treat that. I think Josh McDaniels is going to treat that like the dress rehearsal week. Hopefully that's the case, and I think the Dolphins should be the right side as home dogs in that game.
6: Yeah, so that game uh, stuck out to me when you're looking at the weekend. We've talked a little bit about the Colts game. Uh, There's been... My whole thing is watching some of these line moves and how extreme they've kind of been getting in one side mm-hmm. and, and going against it a little yeah. bit. And we've had some pretty good examples of that working uh, in that favor, right? I mean, the New York Giants game the first week got a little extreme. If you got in it late, it didn't work out for you. So you've seen that work a couple of times. Uh, the other game that stuck out in terms of what we're going to see from some of these teams, uh, Denver and Buffalo. Buffalo is up to a six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 42, yeah. does not look like. Do you know Russell what Wilson? the deal
3: is there? No. So Josh Allen and the Bills' starters are going to play, it said uh, a few series.
6: Okay. So a little Josh surprising. Allen, so Josh Allen's going to come out, and hand the ball off six times, and he's going to get out of there.
3: I would think he's not going to be running bootlegs like say, he did in Kansas City and the play Can
6: you designed runs for Josh Allen like they were doing <laughs> against the Chiefs? He's just barreling the, guys over.
3: But anyway, the Broncos, obviously, uh, if you watched the Broncos last week, very vanilla offense, not yeah. much there, not much talent at the quarterback position behind Russell Wilson. I think that's... I can understand, actually, why this number has been bumped up in favor of the Bills. By the way, hmm. uh, <laughs> Bill's coach has won... Uh, just blanking on his name. Sorry, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Yep. Sorry, has won and covered eight in a row, or at least one eight in a row in the preseason. Wow, look at Had him! Eight I'm, game winning streak. Oh, it's I'm nine on. now, is what I'm told. Actually, Sean McDermott's. Uh, well, he came into this, this preseason. Okay, yeah. The past two years he was seven and Right. and he's got one. So he's uh, he's won eight in a row. I think maybe the ninth if you go back three years. There was no preseason. See, I didn't go back before 2020 uh, yeah, yeah. when there was no preseason. Okay. I got so you. anyway, Sean McDermott's been on a roll in the preseason. Also, uh, there was one more game to talk about with a, um, with a line move this week.
6: Talk about uh, the Philly-Cleveland game, potentially? Uh, yeah. Because, no, that's actually it did not open up. Sorry. Uh, the Giants are up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite after opening up as a three-point favorite in some spots. Um, oh, the, sorry got. about
3: yeah. that. I got the list here. The, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep actually going to play Patrick Mahomes in the starters for most of the first half how about that got to get ready man yeah Chiefs uh, hosting the Washington
6: Commanders
3: rumor has it on Saturday afternoon
6: are a little irritated Rumors of their devise, a little little too quick.
3: I think the Chiefs look pretty good. The offense looks pretty good in the preseason. JBT, the V-10 team, goes for four in a row in the Westgate Superbook golf tournament tomorrow.
6: Wow, good luck with that. And, uh, hey, if you're not golfing, check out the college football betting guide and sign up for the NFL betting guide. We'll see you on Monday.